0: 2 Kings 18, verses 1-8, through these are God's words. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Avi, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the sight of Yahweh according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made, for until those days the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. He trusted in Yahweh, God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he felt held fast to Yahweh, he did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments which Yahweh had commanded Moses. Yahweh was with him, he prospered wherever he went, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. He subdued the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from watchtower to fortified city. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. From this passage we learn to appreciate and praise God's perfect grace in imperfect saints. Hezekiah is here described as trusting in Yahweh and holding fast to him, and not departing from him, but keeping his commandments in a way that no one before or after him was like, which is also said of Josiah, and that reminds us that God's work in each one is different. There is a way in which Hezekiah was more godly than anyone before or after him. Uh, and a similar but different way in which Josiah was more godly than anyone before or after him. The interesting thing about Hezekiah receiving this summary of his life and his reign is that in the particular accounts of his life and his reign, he begins and ends, or he, not very beginning, But once towards the beginning of his reign and once towards the end of his reign, there are very disappointing episodes. You read in the summary that part of his trusting in Yahweh and holding fast to Yahweh is rebelling against the king of Assyria, being prospered by walking with the Lord. And yet when he rebels against the king of Assyria, the king of Assyria responds militarily And what we're going to read is that he gives the king of Assyria all of the silver from inside the temple, and then he gives the king of Assyria, he melts the gold off of the doors of the temple, and off of the pillars of the temple, which he had just re-overlaid with gold himself in worship of the Lord. And so he's going to give that to the king of Assyria and say, "Sorry, I have sinned against you." And he's going he's gonna to strip and empty the temple of Yahweh to seek the favor of an earthly king. And then, after, for the sake of his name, the Lord destroys the king of Assyria. And we'll hear all about that in upcoming passages. The new power, Babylon, will arise. And Hezekiah is going to show off to Babylon uh, all that is in the king's treasuries and all that is in uh, all the treasury of Judah, in part in pride, I'm sure, in part to communicate to Babylon, you know, you should really have a strong Western ally and you can't do better than Judah. And so it's interesting that there are these two huge incidents of failing and sinning. And yet the summary focuses not on the remaining sin, not on these scandalizing, spectacular moments of the display of that remaining sin, but on the grace of God, that had restrained his sin and produced in him faith and love and obedience because that grace is real and that faith is real and that love is real and that obedience is real despite its imperfections. You see, whether we look at ourselves or whether we look at another believer in whom a genuine work of grace has done, and of whom some, their lives are much more up and down and much more down than up. But there are others who the Lord works in them to give them their lives as a walking with him and a trusting in him. And a, as you know, verse 5 says, trusting, and verse 6 says, holding fast to him and following him. Verse six, and having Yahweh with him, that there is such a thing in this life—not as an—not as a perfect saint, but there is such a thing in this life as someone whose life, as a whole, despite their failings, despite moments of spectacular sin, whose life as a whole can be described as trusting in Yahweh holding fast to Yahweh, following Yahweh, keeping Yahweh's commandments, having Yahweh with him. And so that's what we seek from God. And as he gives it to us more and more, that's what we think about when we look back at our lives. How good and gracious God has been. And that's what we look for as we look forward in our lives. That's what we pray for when we pray for other believers. And there will be times when other believers sin greatly against us. We don't overlook the significance of that. We don't take it as an excuse for their sin. We certainly don't take it as an excuse for our sin. And yet when we're talking about a believer, about whom that, has, that is the general truth about their life, the primary thing that we do is we honor God by recognizing what he has done. And so, let us learn to adore God and not to be too depressed or dejected about our own feelings, to repent of them quickly and desire that he would get more praise, since he does receive real praise for real work of real grace in our lives, this shouldn't make us shrug and say, well, I'm converted, so my life is generally a story of God's grace, and he receives praise for that, so it's okay if I say no. There are those who are distinguished by the... The consistency and intensity of the gracious work of God in maturing them and sanctifying them. And God's name receives honor by having done that in them. And we want him to be honored. So it doesn't make us shrug our shoulders at our sin at all. But it does when we are tempted to be dejected or depressed over our sin make us to say the greater story is the grace of God. And from here forward, I desire that he who receives praise for the fruit of such gracious work in my life would receive more praise for more fruit, of more grace. And it pushes us towards repentance. But then when we look at others' lives as well, they are believers. We honor God for what good he has done, and we desire that they would have more reformation and more sanctification so that God would receive more praise for more gracious work. And we don't indulge a censorious spirit, a hostile spirit, a critical spirit, an embittered spirit. It doesn't mean that we treat their sin as small, and it does mean that we treat God's grace as bigger so that he will be the primary one about whom we think and at whose praise we aim. Aiming at his praise will be the primary thing in how we think and how we respond in every situation. So, small passage, but it's very important before we get into some of the details that we're rightly going to criticize and take as warnings from Hezekiah's life that we notice that the summary statement is wonderfully positive. Because although there are no perfect saints in this world, there is a perfect God who is working by perfect grace. And we should seek and praise the fruit of that grace, whether in ourselves or in other believers. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, truly you are gracious and merciful towards us, and truly you rightly teach and model for us the praise of your power and your mercy in the work of your grace in your people. And so we do pray that what you did and what you have received by the life of and reign of Hezekiah, you would do similarly now and receive similarly in our lives. We do not ask that we might fall, but knowing, O oh Lord, that we will fail much in many ways, We ask that your grace would restrain our sin, that your grace would grow us in Christ, that your grace would receive praise for what you do in our lives as a whole, and that you would give us eyes to see you first, minds to think first about you, that we might have hope and that we might give you honor. By not missing your grace. Grant it, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen.